Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where you can find practical help for the heart and home as we ponder life from a biblical perspective, as well as a weekly digital dose of discipling to help equip us to be better effective in the opportunities that God places before us to further his kingdom. Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. Today, we're going to go back into the book of Ruth. Last week, we left off at a cliffhanger. It was the end of the wheat harvest and the barley harvest. And it was two or three months that Ruth and Boaz and Naomi were all aware of their relationship to each other. However, nothing was being done. Nothing changed. There was no happily ever after. She just kept working in the fields. Ruth was collecting food and bringing it home to Naomi. It was interesting this week. I told you in the past that I was going to share some bread-making tips while we're going through this study, and I put some of those on my blog. But I had to go replenish my flour supply this week, and I bought something that had um, a mix of wheat, whole wheat, and barley flour in it. Well, that didn't work very well because the malted barley flour that I used in that mixture was not creating as strong a sourdough starter, which didn't have the stronger sourdough smell or taste. As soon as I realized that, I thought of the study here where the barley and the wheat were harvested around the same time. So it's quite natural, I suppose, to be adding them together. However, the barley doesn't have the higher gluten content that the wheat does, and that's why it doesn't work as well. I had to look that up this week because I didn't realize that. I hope you're finding some time to make a loaf of bread and share it with a neighbor or a friend. And you know, if you're not a baker, just go to the store and buy one of those artisan breads, or even better yet, go to a local bakery and pick up one and support your local bakery like we have here. Oh my goodness. I think I shared that one with you in the past. Um, it was Sweet Williams Bakery here in town that made a really, really good sourdough loaf of bread. Anyway, homemade, store-bought, or from a local bakery, I'm sure someone would appreciate your kindness and that loaf of bread. And now on to Ruth chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley to-night in the threshing-floor. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking." And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said to her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. 
Okay, I think it's time to translate the King James Version so that we can understand what's going on here. So Naomi, now that there's been a few months, I suppose, since they've gotten to know each other, Naomi leans over to her daughter-in-law and says, My daughter, meaning the apple of my eye, the center, the focus of her life and her heart now, shall I not seek rest for you? Meaning, this seek rest means you need a husband. Listen up. Do you believe I want what's best for you? Naomi's got a plan. This plan on Naomi's part is to seek, to search out by any method, specifically in prayer and worship. And for Ruth's sake, Naomi is thinking of rest for her, meaning a quiet, settled-down spot, a home, a place to reset, to rest, with a husband to settle down with. I'm sure it is Naomi's joy to act as a matchmaker on behalf of her daughter-in-law. And here Naomi gives the signal that now is the time to act. She says, and now is not Boaz our kindred, meaning an acquaintance to you? You've been working with him for a few months now, along with side all the others that are there. It's not like dating was an item back then. God's picture of getting to know someone before marriage are evident in this book. There was no immorality here. They were together with others in the work field and also at the table that he invited her to. So now Naomi thinks it's time. You are acquaintances. You've had some time to get to know each other. And you've been working alongside the maidens of his household. So it's time. There will be a time tonight when Boaz will be winnowing the barley. And that would be at nighttime on the threshing floor. If you're a farmer, you know what this is. They gather up all the grain and stand at the top of a hill and they throw it up with a throw the grain up in the air with a like a pitchfork and the lighter chaff will fly off into the distance. But the grain, the heavier grain will land on the ground. So Naomi tells Ruth to wash yourself, get cleaned up anoint yourself and put on some clean clothes your raiment and get yourself down to that floor run down to that threshing floor raiment here is translated from simla it's a covering that assumes the shape of the object beneath so naomi is saying don't just put on any old grain sack i want you to look nice smell nice and get yourself down there quickly. But don't let him know who you are until he is done eating and drinking. Aren't we all in a better mood after a good meal? The next verse, verse 4, may sound shocking, and you may have to cover the ears of the children. However, it really isn't if you understand Hebrew culture. Naomi is not creating a man trap. No, Naomi understands that in Deuteronomy 25.5, God made provision for something like this. It says, if brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, 
The wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed to the name of his dead brother, that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. So Naomi continues and says, When he lies down, go, mark that place, mark that X. Don't get the wrong guy. You need to know where he lies down. And you shall go in and uncover his feet. Where do we find our peace? At the feet of Jesus. Here she is trying to get rest for Ruth. Naomi knows where that rest is and where that peace is. In this picture of our Savior, Jesus, here Boaz will be that rest for Ruth. So go in, uncover his feet, and lie yourself down, lay yourself down, and he will tell you what to do. You want me to what? You want me to lay down at this man's feet? You know, this is a culture where you just don't do that. Well, those were my words. That happens a lot more these days, but in those days, it just didn't. Thankfully, Ruth, she may have thought those things, but her reply was, she said unto Naomi, all that you have told me, I will do. I will do what you say. Through the instruction of Naomi, which is a picture of Israel, we see Ruth, a picture of the church, receiving that instruction and walking in obedience in it. And to go deeper, we can see that in that obedience, we, like Ruth, can also be washed wash ourselves clean by the water of the word of God. And we are also anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the work that God lays before us. And because of Jesus, we have those garments that we can put on his righteousness, his righteous works of the saints. It's all from God, nothing in and of ourselves. Surrender and obedience to God makes a beautiful person and a beautiful heart. Our radical Ruth also gave us a picture of a cultural risk that she was taking here. It was a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And yet, as a young woman, she is going to an older man in Boaz and asking him to be her husband in this way. In verse 6, Ruth said, or Ruth goes down to the floor and did according to everything that her mother-in-law told her to do. She was obedient. And then Boaz, after he had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid herself down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid, and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. So not only did Ruth say 
She said she was going to be obedient. She was obedient, and she did what she was going to say, just like God wants us to do. And she went down to Boaz by that heap of corn or grain. It translates as grain. And she laid herself down at his feet, and she uncovered his feet. It's dark. He had some food and some drink, and he's tired after a long, hard day in the sun and working. And he wakes up because his feet are cold, and he finds that there's someone lying there at his feet. So he asks, who is it? Who's out there? It's dark. He can't see. She says, Ruth, I am your handmaid. And she asks him to spread his garment over her. This is a culturally relevant way of going about saying, I am a widow. Take me as your wife. It's a bold way, but not inappropriate. And Ruth bases her attraction towards Boaz on respect, not on image or appearance. If that sounds familiar to you, it may be coming from chapter 2, verse 12, where Boaz declares to Ruth, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given to thee of the Lord, God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Ruth, in a way, is asking for a place of rest in Boaz by asking him to lay his garment over her. Remember those wings gave us a picture of extremities of a bird. It would be a wing of a garment or bed clothing. It would be a flap and of the earth. It would be a quarter of it. So to ask to have him put his garment over her in this way, she is saying, I want to be yours. Will you be mine? Because you are my near kinsman. As far as marriage proposals go, in our day and age, it's the guy that usually gets on his knee. They always kneel, as Jane Austen would say. But in this day and age that we're speaking of, things were turned around because she was a widow. But we also see a picture here where there is a man who provides for her and helps her and watches over her. But just like being a picture of Jesus for the church, it is we, the church, as individuals who trust in Christ to take care of us, but it is an individual heart that has to reach out and accept, request the love of Jesus, of salvation that he provided for us through his blood on the cross that washes away all of our sins. And now that the proposal has been voiced, Boaz replies in verse 10, and he said, Blessed be the Lord, my daughter, for you have showed me more kindness in these end times than in the beginning, inasmuch as you followed not the young men, whether poor or rich. Once again, Boaz's character is shown here. He blesses the Lord. He's praising God because he sees that this young woman, instead of reaching out for a younger man, she is actually going forward in obedience and doing this thing that she's doing. He says, you could have gone after a younger man. You could have gone after a rich man. 
You could have gone after a better-looking man. But here you are at my feet. And he continues, And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Did you know that Ruth is the only woman in the Bible that was called a virtuous woman? There's an example in Proverbs 31, but Ruth was the only one that was called a virtuous woman. Verse 12 continues, And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Can you hear the minor key on the keyboard now? Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then I will do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down here until the morning. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, there's that minor key. We should have known it was coming. Back in verse 8, it said, And it came to pass at midnight. Remember, it came to pass always gives you the sense of impending doom. Boaz does want to marry Ruth, but he does have to mention that there is someone else that has first dibs on Ruth. So we have to wait. And he tells her, tarry this night, on verse 13, and it shall be, meaning it will come to pass. So here we have from verse 8 to verse 13, we have the impending doom, but also with a hope of something to come that will pass with a happy ending. We're hoping. We know it's not a Hallmark movie. We know it's not a Disney film. But if you've read the book of well, Ruth and the rest of the Bible, you should already know what the ending is. Basically, Boaz here says, I accept. I want to redeem you. I want to marry you. I promise. So lie down here until the morning. In mutual honor through the night, the two lie there. And she lay at his feet until the morning and she rose up before one could know one another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came to the floor. Boaz cares for her reputation. Also he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. And then said she, Naomi told Ruth, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished this thing this day. Incredible! Six measures of barley, and he laid it on her. That's a strong woman. Not only that, that's better than a box of chocolates. This is food and grain for her and Naomi. 
they will survive. And not only in that, but in that six measures of barley, there's a message. We get our sense of prophecy from the Greeks. Prophecy is foretelling of God's word. To the Hebrews, prophecy is pattern in the scriptures. So this six measures of barley, some commentators say that the Hebrews correlated it to the six days of creation. Numbers are very important to them, this pattern of numbers. And they can see that the six measures of barley compared to the six days of creation give a signal to Naomi that there is rest coming for Naomi and Ruth. And Naomi gets the message because she instantly tells Ruth, Sit still, my daughter. We will know how the matter will fall, for this man will not rest until he has finished the thing this day. Boaz will not rest until he settles the matter. In obedience, Ruth went to Boaz and did all the things that Naomi instructed her to do. Do we go to God's word for his instruction? And after reading it, do we forget it? Or do we actually walk forward in obedience to what he has to say? If we have, then we can sit and rest until God takes care of everything that concerns us. If we surrender in obedience to him, if we bring our concerns to him, if we pray, if we fall at his feet and bring all those cares of our day to our God, he will take care of us. Let God carry that heavy burden that is on you. Don't keep it yourself. Surrender unto him and watch and see what God will do.
is, I just can't see it. But I believe in what I cannot feel. Oh, Jesus, I believe that you. Now that you've listened to the podcast today, remember to apply soap liberally this week. Choose a scripture from today's lesson. Write down your observation of the text. Consider how to apply it to your own life and write a love letter to the Lord in prayer. And don't forget to check out the blog at momentswithmoni.com for more information and free downloads. And while you're there, feel free to leave your comments and your questions. Until next time, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life.